Welcome to another episode of the Chrissy Mayer Podcast. We are on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And if you're listening to us right now on iTunes, please go and leave a five-star review. I'm going to read this great review. Oh, my God. This is this is just too nice. This is from uh, Motorola Flip Phone. We need more podcasts like this. Chrissy is a very... Oh, this is too, this is too much. I feel like this is written by a family member. <laughs> Chrissy is a very multi-talented human... Actually, my family would never say something this nice about me. <laughs> He's a very multi-talented human. As a person who voted Republican for the first time this past election, I am happy I found this podcast. Well, thank you, Motorola Flip Phone. I appreciate it. I love these reviews so much. They they really do, like, brighten my day. And I sometimes, you know what I'm going to do is, like, when I move, I'm going to get, like, a board. I'm going to laminate all these reviews, basically. And uh, I'm just going to hang them up and look at them and when I feel sad. You know what? It, well, you know what doesn't make me sad is One Soul Shoes. Dun, dun, dun. It's our new sponsor. Uh, I'm very excited to, to talk to you guys about One Soul Shoes. One Soul is the original interchangeable shoe that began in 2001. It's an interchangeable, basically, it's an interchangeable shoe that you can change hundreds of tops on hundreds of uh, on different soles. No, the idea is that it's one soul, literally, like the name, and you can change the tops. Um, like they just snap on and off in seconds. Uh, it's known for its comfort and, 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 and it's the perfect shoe for traveling. Cause you really only need one sole and a handful of tops. There are hundreds of different tops available, but one sole is known for the comfy neoprene top that fits your foot like a glove. Oh yes. They're talking about it right here. You can even customize the tops with any photo or logo that you want. Oh, I should get some for the podcast. It has been featured on ABC News as Best Product Made in America, and it was on the season finale. It was the season finale winner of Shark Tank. It's sold throughout the world and was created by a pharmacist, Dominique McLean Bartit. Ooh. And if you go to onesoulshoe.com and you use promo code CMP, you're going to get 25% off of your whole order. These are super cute. And in fact, uh, they did send me one, uh, and I will show you how it works. For example, let's say you get this boom, sassy, you're ready for a night out, you know, great. You don't want to bring a lot of shoes with you. And let's say you just want to switch it up. Bam, really quick. Let's say you're going to a Trump rally. <laughs> Cause this is what they sent me. I was like, this is great. <laughs> it just snaps on in like a second. Boom! You don't have to bring like five different shoes with you on vacation because you literally just have this one sole, a bunch of different tops. Super comfy, cozy. I don't know. I think this would be great. If I had like... My mom was still alive. I would definitely get these for her. Sorry, I didn't mean to go dark on everyone. But go to, go to One Soul Shoe. Um, again, the website is onesoulshoe.com. Use the promo code CMP. You're going to get 25% off of your order, which is a pretty sweet deal. I don't know if you guys are good at math. That's like a fourth... That's like a quarter of the price. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited to have these two. These two. I have two, two. Better than one. These two people on the podcast today. Here they come. I'm adding them in. Um, <laughs> um, one is a libertarian. Basically, they're they're both hosts of, uh, of the Propaganda Report. Um, Monica Perez is a libertarian writer and also one of the the host of the propaganda report also propaganda report.com and her propaganda obsessed co-host <laughs> brad binkley <laughs> how are you guys 
great. Thanks for having us. I am dying for those shoes. I mean, I know so <laughs> many people who would go with the Trump logo shoes. It's this genius. So, and this is like exactly, I feel like what like women who go to Trump rallies would wear. Yeah. I mean, like- I, I have gone to rallies like that in DC and it's just a sea of fanny packs. But if those shoes, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be of those shoes. I've seen so many, be- a lot of bedazzled people. I've seen a lot of women like dressing up their dogs at Trump rallies. I've seen a lot of sequins, bright colors. Trump women love bright colors. And you know what? Like, what's wrong with that? Bells. A lot of Southern yes. Bells. Yes. Yes. A lot of Southern Bells. Um, I want to know the contrast my- <laughs> now between the Kaylee McEnany and the new Jen Psaki, the new White House oh. press secretary. One, one's very progressive, obviously, just by look. You can tell one's very conservative just by the look. Yes. And I, oh, and I hate to shit on another redhead. I hate to talk smack about a fellow ginger sister, but come on. It's like you go from gorgeous, uh, Kaylee or Kayla, I can't say your name right, but to, um, Jen, yeah, Jen Pisaki or whatever. And she's just like, come on. Doesn't she have any gay friends? The other day she was wearing (laughs) orange. I was like, girl, what are you doing? You can't be a redhead wearing orange. I don't know. She's the female intellectual. She can't be bothered with oh, looking good. What does she define herself by sex? That just, I mean, that's beneath her. She's too, she's too smart and too busy to look good. But uh, the last one looked pretty good. She was pretty busy. So it's like Fauci's too busy to learn how to throw out a ball. Speaking of her gay friends, Fauci can throw a ball. Yeah, yeah. That's the, the I mean, I'm like, damn. I'm like, if they were other balls, he could have thrown them. I don't know. That was that was gonna go somewhere gross with that, but I'm gonna try (laughs) try to keep it professional for the first five minutes. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, we don't often go too long without getting gross. Sometimes. Okay, good. Okay, whew. Sometimes I want to know what is an anarcho-capitalist. I had never heard of that phrase before reading your website. So I'm kind of uh, I'm transitioning from an anarcho-capitalist. An anarcho-capitalist is where you think that the where it's true that society is self-ordering so like why in a restaurant do people leave tips there's no law it's not on the thing they can't call the cops on you Mm. you do it because you want to eat at that restaurant again or you have a sense of justice or pride or the people at the table would look at you funny or okay and like if you were to carry a bunch of expensive things from one place to another, you would hire someone to be your security. Or if you built an apartment building and a mall, you would build the road. Like society is self-ordering because of capitalism, not because of government. But so I totally adopt or accept the anarcho-capitalist handle. It's a Murray Rothbard thing. But I've started to move away from it because the way they've totally corrupted money, like fiat money, greenbacks, they're like not connected at all to like a real store of value, which is what money should be. And it's like Hmm. a great way to put your surplus in like a bar of gold, like capitalism is good in that way. But they've corrupted it so much that I'm actually moving to what's called agorism, which I'm not great at. I'm just like an aspiring agorist. But the idea (laughs) is to even move away from the money thing and like trade stuff or don't do transactions above board so that you don't have to pay taxes. You can use their money or you can move beyond their money or you can trade avocados for chicken eggs, you know, whatever it is, but it goes to like the gray markets. It's kind of anarchy beyond 
anarcho-capitalism, I think. But yes, people, I like that. People them. are great at it. So I'm just as far, I'm learning more about that. But I, I'm giving up on the capitalist thing because they've just corrupted the money. It's no longer a store of value. And that means, like, I know that they've printed too much money and that the money loses value. That's pretty much all I know. And that it's it means more if it's, like, gold or silver backed because, I don't know, <laughs> those are fancy, heavy minerals. Well, it takes longer to make more of it. That's why people like Bitcoin, because they said, like, it's a finite amount. Now, I don't understand it enough to say, oh, yeah, trust me, it is. I really don't. But they say it's a finite amount. So the more demand there is for it, the more the price goes up and you can't just go in and create more. So you're always having like a percentage of all the value in the world. But like and gold is kind of like that. It's very expensive to get more gold out of the ground. So it's Mm -hmm. just created out of thin air, whereas dollars and then digi dollars, which is the next step, that's going to be even worse. And I've just why is Bitcoin finite? Do, do you know anything about that? Like, why is it finite? They say there's like X amount yeah. of combinations or whatever that you can mine. I, say, I really don't know how it works, but the but the theory is that because it's finite, you cannot distort the value over time. Yeah. Ooh. Like it means more. To me, it seems like the money that's like not going to put out on a first date. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, it's hard definitely it's yeah. got it's hard, got hard his legs crossed. You have to court crypto. You have to you know You definitely have to coax it because yes. I don't even know how to buy one. It's very <laughs> mysterious. It's like and then if anything, you I could give you a little tiny piece of ass. I'm not gonna give you the whole one whole piece. You have to buy you have to get a fraction. I don't a know. Fraction of an ass. I asked my husband if I could buy Bitcoin in my 401k and he laughed at me, so I guess it hasn't. <laughs> Not ready for prime time. Yeah, it's so it's an over, these are overwhelming times because we have like a what seems like a brand new I know cryptocurrency has been around for a few years, but I think most people haven't really heard about crypto until last year. So I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh God, there's new there's new money, there's a new financial system going on. I don't know what's had the government is tricking us. Like I feel like a lot of people are like had a rude awakening last year. Um, it just feels like a lot of rugs have been pulled out from the general population. Of course, like us weirdos that have been like studying this stuff uh, for a while. and have seen some of this coming down the pike. Um, it seems that the general population is not sure who to trust in terms of news. Um, how do we separate fact from fiction? Um, and then there's, you get into layers, you know, the, the longer you look into this stuff, people are just now figuring out what, what is a false flag. So, um, you know, how do we explain these terms and separate reality from garbage basically for, for folks who are confused and maybe distrusting, you know, not trusting, not knowing who to trust, not knowing who to listen to. Yeah, yeah, none of them, really. Don't listen to any of them. In the <laughs> yeah, because like the propaganda is the first layer of the that you've got to peel through before you can even get to where the truth is. How do you recognize propaganda? I knew that that. Oh, man, it was such a big moment for me. It was like March or April. I was looking through a People magazine because my boyfriend's mom just gives me her People magazines when she's done. And I sort of like I like them because it reminds me of like my mom. We would read like, you know, 
just trashy inquirer like tabloid stuff and you're like oh that's fun and sometimes you do learn a thing or two but i remember i saw it was katie perry and orlando bloom and a couple other celebrities that had fauci gang sweatshirts on and a light bulb went off in my head i was like <laughs> oh my fucking god this is of course propaganda these people these cool cats are not going they're not going to vista print and getting fauci gang sweatshirts printed and sent to their house i was like there's no way i was like and, and it's just like it's one thing if you're like oh this is my sweatshirt i got from my coffee sponsor oh this is my you know free one soul shoe uh it's what it, it you know sometimes <laughs> celebrities endorse products and it makes sense but to see a fauci gang sweatshirt that had nothing to do with their brand as celebrities none of the products they push or companies they work with it's not like oh it's cool you're a celebrity you have your own gin company great good for you i was like i was just Oh my God, like they're in bed together. This is, and I'm not buying a second of it. Absolutely. Bernie just made like $20 million off of the memes everybody made. <laughs> everybody made all these memes. They turned them into t-shirts and hats and he, he raised like $20 million. Did, did that money uh, get back to Bernie at all? Did he, did he trademark his, um you know, mitten? I think his campaign <laughs> did get a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> that's good good for them you make a good point though like the fauci stuff it's not their sponsor like who are they really sponsoring who's paying them to sponsor fauci and i remember seeing like they kind of behind the scenes with celebrities they have to pick a charity because it's for pr but fauci isn't really a charity he's the highest paid government employee <laughs> yes, yeah. why so, does he need a gang he's like a like for all intents and purposes he's like a losery government guy yeah. it's like we don't need a gang for pelosi it's like i don't know we, why does this guy need a why do we have to make him cool like and it's the thing is like oh we have to make him cool so we it's like the filtering down of trust right it's like we don't people don't really trust politicians or whatever scary scientists so it's like oh but we trust our celebrities so it's, it's just yeah. personality cults it's the same thing and and trump was the same thing in my opinion there wasn't and any meat on those phones yeah they're all studs in comic books too fauci and biden oh God, and even the trump they turned books. into literal like studs in these kids comic books you can get on oh, amazon god really that's gross yeah i got them from monica for uh, for christmas and yes <laughs> i i couldn't believe it i was so blown away like it was about christmas time and this friend she's like she was like my mom's my mom's best friend's daughter so not related but like kind of close family friends i saw she posted like fauci <laughs> is such a hunk i was like about to throw up i was like wow i have to unfollow this person yeah i was just like yeah. how do we go with here? shoes Okay, that's fine. That's no, I'll accept Trump. <laughs> well, it's fine case. because he's a, like a superhero. The other guys are look how ripped the two other two are. Biden Stop looks like it. he's about to. He's almost like, eighty. Why doesn't he have a shirt on? He's in the kitchen. Is that sanitary? Do I want your I, pit hairs or do you shave your pits? Like I don't. Why, why? is this picture what a? What this need to exist? Yeah. He's hands. gonna. He's like Mario Lopez in that KFC movie where he plays the sexy. Uh, chef the kfc chef we're gonna have fauci in that next yes, time right. isn't that sad is it's like it's like do they think we're so dumb that it's like if, if there's just an idea that they're these sexy cool dudes that we won't listen to what they say it's like do they really think that little well, of us what they did with it was they made it so they could probably get zero people to fall for that until they said if you don't fall for it you like trump and then they got half the people to fall for it <sighs> yep yeah 
That's what it was. It's like, yeah, you're not going to go for these lame old dudes. But it's like, oh, but if you don't, you're a white supremacist. Oh, got it. Okay, sign me up. But if you're like Fauci and Biden, you're not a white supremacist. It's like, but they're controlling everything. They're old white guys. The CCP gang. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. Great those are really funny. Did somebody send those to you, or you like saw those? Like, sent I love them tabbies. To me. These are my Christmas I did. I sent those to her. Oh those coloring books? Those just yeah, like stories? they're coloring books. And I was going to put them on my dining room table. I live in LA. I was going to put them on my dining room table and see like which ones got colored in the most. So of course, you know, my daughter was like, "Oh my gosh, mom, that's so great! I didn't know." You know, and I'm like, "Yeah, right, whatever." I just, I don't. I don't like to make too many waves. She's she wants to fit in around here. How I old is she? Hot cup of Joe. She's sixteen, yeah. and uh, but my other son, I have a son who has Down syndrome who turned eighteen, and they can take away all of his rights. They'll take away every single right. I, I he he cannot get married or go out on a date without asking me. Like that's what the court ruled. But they wow. would not take away his right to vote, which I don't care about at all. But he so he voted for Biden, and I'm so glad because it doesn't really matter. And he tells people so that when the riots come down my street, if that ever does happen, it's going to be looking for Trump supporters or whatever. I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm a libertarian, but I'm not certainly not a Biden supporter. But I have this kid like, you know, with his little Biden T-shirt on and everything. And he's wow. Like, yes. If some if an angry mom comes to your mob, comes yeah. to your door, just show them the coloring book. Be like, oh, I just, and I'm, yeah, just put this kid out there who's got dancers. You cannot lie. And he's like Biden's president. And I wanted him to vote for Kanye. But he wanted to, <laughs> and I'm sure you know I'm sure, he's yeah. just taught in school. He's just taught in school who to vote for. It's like okay, that's good. That's good that you're not like um, I don't know. I feel like I've, there are a lot of parents that kind of like shove their political views like down their kids' throats. Like kids shouldn't really care about politics until they care yeah. about politics. Well, yeah, plus they have to fit in. Like you can't put that on them. Let them fit in, and then when they get a paycheck or have a baby, they're going to be like, oh. <laughs> like, Wow. This socialism yeah. is a terrible idea. I'm a worker. <laughs> you know, I'm the one who has to earn a living. I don't want socialism. Wow. But yeah, yeah. The, so the it, it seems I what you said before about like layers of propaganda, I absolutely it goes down. This is what I was interested in talking to you about is the layers of propaganda kind of start like with Binkley's propaganda says we have the propaganda report, which is we look at all the mainstream media and we just try to tell people what it really means. Like the facts are there or they're lying. And why? Because it's never like, we're telling you this because we care about you and you, we want you to be safe and healthy and, and we love democracy. Thank you. So, <laughs> so the first layer is what is the propaganda really telling you? But They've now gotten so sophisticated that they throw a lot of fake stuff in there. So I know people who were there on January 6th in D.C. They were all there to just kind of support yep. the election. I was there. Mm-hmm. But then they this throw this picture. other <laughs> like Proud Boys and even Trump. Like, I think those guys are all setups from Trump to the Proud Boys to everything. Even though I support those crowds, those people that you're showing there, I think there's more to it than that. I mean, I kind of think, you know, there's probably more to it even than that. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Because you had to stand up as a comedian and kind of own having at least an open mind. And but you got to be pretty confident before you take that bullet, I would think. Kind of. Yeah, I think I was at at an an advantage. Um, It it really was such a journey for me because when I started doing stand up, I was 
I was about that whole life. I like graduated with liberal arts communication degree, women's studies minor, card carrying feminist, openly hating men. I was doing all the right things that would guarantee me success in comedy. I was was about to say, it's like every open mic night I've been to, the female comedians have gone on very openly against men, at least in Atlanta. Yes, you have to. You must. I was living in Brooklyn. I was doing everything right. I was making all the right moves. Um, And I just wasn't really going anywhere and i was like okay well comedy's hard you gotta put in your dues everyone's saying it takes you gotta find your voice it takes 10 years to get anywhere okay okay and then i just i'm like eh, nothing's really popping off for me and i just it didn't feel right and then as i got older my sense of humor evolved into like less pc and um and i was like yeah everybody laughs at stereotypes and i started going uh i started doing characters on compound media which is anthony kumia's network and he was the other half of opie and anthony they were very popular radio duo from like the 90s and the early aughts and it was called the free speech network and uh i think and i don't know if this is like out of sequence of the timeline but a combination of like finding my comedic voice to be a little bit more like risque joking about like sex stuff. Um, you know, but I, I was also at the time for six years hosting a stand-up show at the Stonewall Inn, which is a New York city and national gay landmark. It was this, uh, you know, the site where the Stonewall riots happened and beginning of like gay liberation movement. And, uh, I did that for six years. It was a really great show. And I think people didn't know what to make of me because they knew me, for the six years where I hosted that show and being like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm doing all the right things. I'm a feminist. I hate men. I'm like, Ugh. but I was still hosting that show while I started to do characters on uh, compound media. And then people, I think, didn't know where to put me. And uh, a few times like, there was like a comic who came after me for doing impressions of her, like cancel culture from like within, you know, and I got hit with like, even uh, just a few other times, like I, I was in Utica. I just like, I did a video about called like shitty, shitty tours of Utica. And it was just me like being like, Oh my God, like, look, this office is for sale. If you have a shitty office, like I didn't even put thought into it. I just was, it was just like me and my boyfriend were walking around Utica and I was like, this building is for sale. It comes with a free in-ground pool. And the in-ground pool is really just a foundation that's unfinished and full of rainwater. So I'm just like giving a just a shitty tour. And I'm like, oh, well, this is the best bar because it's the only one that's open. And, you know, she's the bartender. She, it just was like very unclever. It just we were bored. And a local Utica radio station caught wind of it. I don't know, weeks, a couple months later. And then that was a big backlash. People from Utica being like, how dare you? Because I was like, in Utica, I'm a 10. But in New York City, I'm a 2. And they oh, were they like... they laugh at themselves. It's Utica. Well, that's the thing. is I'm like people... Rockland County. So people, oh, like, nice. Yeah, upstate nice. New York. I, I would I, I'm guessing much- Utica is a place in New York. I have no idea what upstate. Utica is. Yeah, it's upstate. It was yeah. really great during, I think, the industrial era. And then it just was... Right? The probably 70s? Something that's what started on a river, probably. Started to go in the 70s. People were like, bye. I guess when the... Yeah. China started taking our jobs. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the timeline. But publicly, I'd have people hating me. Be like, you, how dare you? Not all of us are on meth. And then privately in my DMs, they'd be like, yeah, we really We're do have a meth, meth problem. <laughs> yeah, we, we really are all on meth. We're, you know, you are you have a few points. Um, so, like, over the years of just staying in comedy and uh, you people try to – it seems like – 
someone tries to cancel me for something every six months, like whether it's a joke, like I had, I tweeted a joke about a parrot who was barking. I'm like, look, this bird is transitioning. And then I had people being like, you're a whack ally. You don't deserve to host a show at Stonewall. I'd be like, fucking relax. And then you're like, oh, these people are mad at me because I never booked them. Or like, oh, these people are mad at me because they don't think I deserve to host a show at the Stonewall because I'm not uh, like a lesbian or whatever. It's it's like so narrow-minded, these reasons that people dislike you. it's funny if you can't make jokes about stuff like that. And actually, the only thing there is left to make fun of is like, you got to make fun of yourself or something stupid. Like, oh, yeah. Shithole. Like, you just, there's nothing else you can do. You can't even actually point at real deviations from standards and norms because we don't even share that many of those anymore. So like you've got at some point you have to realize the low hanging fruit or the stuff. Like I always thought that about the Chappelle show. His show was hilarious because it was hilarious. No question about it. But nobody else was doing it there. Nobody was touching that stuff. So he had all that low hanging fruit there. And it was obvious that he was not a racist or coming at that culture and anything, but you know what? There are drug problems. Why don't we, why don't we talk about that? Like there's STDs, like we can talk, you know, you can, you can laugh at it and not think it's something that we want, but you got to laugh at something. There's going to be nothing left. And then it's just a circle of people talking about politics, kind of the way Carlin got at the end, which I love Carlin, but he wasn't even funny at the end. He was just like, I'm just calling you stupid. I'm yeah, calling you stupid people. for voting, you know? And it's, like, not funny. It was just true. You're just being yelled at. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what, like, comedy follows the culture, I guess, right? And so it's, like, we've been so careful to protect everybody, and everyone's in a protective bubble. And it's, like, true unity, true equality is we should be able to make fun of everybody. There's no... Anything should be able to be joked about. It's like, if you say something in poor taste or like the punchline is not worth your setup, well, then that's a bad joke. But I personally think that like any topic can be made funny. Any Anyone can be made fun of. It's just like whether it's a good joke or a bad joke, you know, whether and all the things that have to do with that. It's like, do you have personal experience? Like like Monica, like you have a son who is who's like has Down syndrome. If Like you could make a joke about him if you were a comedian. That's your personal experience. Like borderline untasteful jokes about how yeah. I, when, <laughs> when like the spam callers call, I have him answer the phone. And hilarity ensues. You know? Oh my god! <laughs> You're exploiting him like it's everybody's getting what they want here. Like I've He's also like- kept him alive. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing about how you should be able to make fun of everything, I've noticed this about people in other countries that a lot of times it's very hard for humor to translate to another country. It's really, really hard. And I've concluded it's because we don't have the same norms. We don't have the same place where we're starting. So if you do get people to laugh, you immediately connect that you share values. And when people share yeah. values, they they are on each other's side because you realize the other person is going to try to promote a world that you want to live in. I mean, I think it's really profound. And to eliminate it makes it impossible for us to connect, find those other people. It's going to exactly. be niche audiences. It's going to be niche audiences like podcasts and everything. This, I think they're already starting to emerge where libertarian comedians, conservative comedians, liberal comedians, it's it's all going to break off. Just more progressives and liberals are in the entertainment community right now that uh, mm-hmm. it just seems more prominent there. But I'm seeing the niche entertainment art start to kind of emerge a little bit. 
Right. And to get back to your question, Monica, like, how do you, it's just like, I was, I was being woke. I was saying and doing all the right things and it didn't really propel my career. So I felt like I had nothing, nothing to lose by growing into my own authentic self and authentic sense of humor. And once I started to do that, my followers went through the roof and like, not just in numbers, but like people coming to my standup shows, like in six years of hosting the Stonewall Inn, I never had like people like re, you know like they were you know more tourists in and out but like people, people to you yeah people wouldn't like follow me keep up with me join a mailing list so they you wouldn't were show reaching up them you were at, reaching deeper truth yeah and i was like oh wow it just was like you know it's like uh when you take the treadmill off all the settings and you it's just so easy it's it was weird i was like oh i'm used to doing putting in so much work and getting nothing back and now i'm just pointing myself over here and I'm getting all these people coming in that are fans. And I was like, I don't really have the luxury of being like, Oh, I would never, I would never have a Republican as a fan. I'm like, no, I'm not. Are you kidding me? If you laugh at me, great. I'm not going to be picky uh, and say like, you know, I mean, who's I'm not better than anybody. Like if you like me and find me funny, great, like come aboard. So I was getting more out of this kind of, I, I guess, I don't know if you would call them, more libertarians, more conservatives, more Republican types, just not woke, not progressive. And I found that these people that like come to comedy shows, they're really much more supportive people. So that made it so much easier because I was like, well, I'm not getting, I wasn't getting anything from the left anyway. I wasn't getting late night comedy spots. I wasn't getting like Comedy Central. I wasn't getting management. So I was like, you know what? Let me just like kind of do my own thing. And you see people around you doing it and building names for themselves like Aaron Berg and Louis J. Gomez. So I was like, you know what? This can, this can be done and this feels better anyway. And, uh, it just was such a, like a blessing uh, to start this podcast last year, um, like during the lockdowns, because standup was not really happening. And I was like, you know, what? I got to do something. Oh, yeah. So in May, I like jacked this up, this podcast up to like four times a week. And uh, it's helped. And now I'm getting to the point where I have standup touring dates again, like starting next month. So it's like, we'll see. We'll see how those do. I'm really excited. I think it's good. It's going to be great to perform for a lot new, like a lot of new fans, like podcast fans. Um so it'll be exciting. It, it's probably true that the that crowd is more of a real world crowd. Like there are people who can um, they can do stuff, you know, like construction workers or like in my case, a lot of people like our homestead. You know, I, I get a lot of connections with people who are learning how to grow or already know how to grow their own food. And oh, that's and, so cool. Yeah, it's not going to be where you get like a gig on Comedy Central, but it's actually if these people can survive. And I think Trump was put into place to destroy that subculture. And it's like not even a subculture, it's the backbone of the country, really. But I think if it can survive, that's where the actual power is going to be, not like necessarily just um, the culture for your purposes, but the real power for where, where are you going to turn, you know, what, if you don't want to just bend the knee and get great reset and put your kid into a digital tube for the rest of his life, a virtual world, hmm. where are you going to go? And th- you're going to find through this network, I think, that <clears throat> communities that where people are actually taking action. I'm not an action taker, but I, I know a lot of people who will do it. Like we're setting up a town in Mexico and we're all just going to live there or, or somebody just, I get two boxes of like seeds and stuff. You wouldn't believe somebody sent me a like kratom that. plant. A kratom plant. 
Hopefully, Ooh, just some just <laughs> just some guys spreading their seeds, sending <laughs> seeds. Monica, did you say that Trump was put into power to like suss out all the patriots? Is that basically what you're just saying? Destroy, like, mer- yeah. like just destroy farmers yes. and like yes. really? That's what I think. Damn, yeah, I know. that's I'm conspiracy. Sorry. I mean, that's like I've because oof. look, look where they are, and I have to say, I predicted it. When he got elected. So four years ago, I was like, these people are going to be the untouchables. And Hillary named them the deplorables. And that's just what they're going to be. It's called a, wow. enhancing a dysfunctional subculture or um, report from Iron Mountain, which is an old conspiracy doc from the 60s, calls it a um, despised minority. And they're doing it to make them and everything they do, including arm themselves and grow stuff. I'm waiting for them to put growing things into that basket of deplorables. It's like, look, they're I'm talking about World grower, Economic Forum, not about how food is in. They're, they're saying food and World Economic Forum, what uh, Ice Age Farmer said. They're saying food's going to be uh, scarce. Yeah, so I maybe they'll just take that away from us rather than they don't have to shame you. They can just say, well, chickens have COVID. It's a, it's a bird flu or a swine flu. That's what yeah, that's chickens will refuse to allow uh, Trump supporters to eat them. <laughs> You know, these chickens have refused getting the COVID vaccine. <laughs> We're going to have to put them in a gulag somewhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Ah, Sorry. It, it, did, it did definitely seem that way when during the pandemic there, there was some sort of a snafu with, like, farmers getting their food out. I don't know if it was meat or there was some kind of like distribution, distribution error. And like, I'm just seeing like clips of these like animals being pushed into ditches and stuff. And I was just like, why is this happening? Like why there's, they don't want people to have animals. I don't know why. I mean, ice age farmer who we really like might make a great guest for you. He was saying that, because we're approaching grand solar minimum, not global warming, but global cooling, that the capacity of the earth to sustain, to feed the human beings is going to go backwards and they're going to have to do things that are more efficient, which he says is plant-based. Now, I don't, I Hmm. believe, you know, he's an expert. I don't, I kind of thought that, that X amount of plant protein makes X amount of animal protein. And you can either eat 10 times the amount of plants or one time the amount of animals. So like what difference does it make? But anyway, that's his idea. But I would think in part it's because we're so um, well nourished when we have the variety of diet and there's micronutrients that you can only get from animal meat, stuff like that, or animal fat or whatever there's, you have, you have to have, that's why we have canines and eyes that look forward. It's just, that's natural to us. And if they want us to be, I call it, I want to be independently healthy. I didn't like Obamacare. I don't like the vaccines. I, I think diabetes or, um, uh, organ transplants or um, transgender people, they end up being having to have drugs. They simply must have drugs to live pharmaceuticals. And I don't want that. Like I, I worry they want us all to have something that we must have. And wow. Like, because the more the, Oh, not to cut you off, but like, I just had like the more people that, that are convinced to be transgender. Like, let's say you have, uh, maybe you have other problems to work out and maybe being transgender is not going to make you happier. But if, if, powers that be can convince as many people as possible to be transgender well guess what that's that's that many more people that are reliant on hormones and all these drugs just to be 
and it takes down the population element, you know, the procreation element of the sexualized culture at the same time that it just puts another category of people like diabetics is a big category of people just absolutely have to have drugs to live. And I feel like if you're very well nourished, I mean, one of the things he was saying, or maybe it was Nora Gedgaudis was another like nutritionist. She was saying that you, there are some micronutrients that you never get if you don't eat like organ meat once in a while or marrow. <laughs> and we just don't, it's like been excised from our culture. And I feel like people, I take vitamins and stuff, but I don't think that's necessarily, you know, you don't, you wouldn't need that in a, like a state of nature. Um, my family's from Brooklyn, so I'm not like eager to go a state of nature for me. Like there was not a, if you had a blade of grass to me, that was the country. So I'm not prepared for this, but I, a state but of I, nature in Brooklyn yeah. is getting jerked off on in a park. You're like, Ooh, I'm enjoying nature. Get me back in. <laughs> yeah. Right. A park, a park is too much for me. You don't even mm-hmm. need to jerk off, but the, but anyway, so I just, I feel like they, there's, they may even want to just like make sure that we don't have a balanced diet because that's kind of the foundation of being independently healthy. Right. Wow. Cause I have also heard, cause I'm starting to see all this impossible meat. It's in every fast food restaurant. I'm seeing all this impossible meat stuff, like at the grocery store, like really pushed in a way I haven't seen in my 37 years of life. I'm like, yeah, we've always had veggie, veggie burgers. We've had Boca burgers, but now we're having this, like, it's so close to me. You won't even notice. <laughs> and it's like, it's really being like shoved down our throats. And I've, and I've heard like the, well, the conspiracy theories around that is like, um, <laughs> the eugenicists or like the, the powers that be want us, the peasants eating, like eating basically garbage, cow feed, less getting less nutrient dense food, less animal meats, like what you're saying and just eating, you know, like corn and wheat and um, getting bloated and uh, less, you know, get, you know, a lot of that eating gives you brain fog after a while. What the like, fuck is in it? What's in impossible meat? I'm going to look it up right now. It looks like it. meat, right? That, that, that's the whole idea is that you, you wouldn't realize that it's not a hamburger. I don't know if they've done a taste test where they've substituted a, a fake or impossible meat for a real hamburger. Somebody so thought they were getting a real one. How, why, you know, isn't there like an inherent paradox in the fact that you want it to be meat? They're like, it's not good for you, but your body won't be happy unless it has yeah, how far can we take this it's uh, it tastes oh, just meat. like human meat but it's not human meat impossible <laughs> oh, did you see that freaking chrissy teigen um video from over the summer she was in the back of a cab she was promoting some reality show and it was her going are you sure like you wouldn't have a tiny piece of human meat if you were at a fancy restaurant oh, and the guy was like what? no hell are no it was like they was say in, crazy things about her in the back of this cab uh that's where i got in a lot of hot water with her over the summer because i was like it was like around july i was like wow, a lot of celebrities have been busy since um, Ghislaine was arrested. Like, Chrissy Teigen, why'd you delete 30,000 tweets? And I'm not very, I'm an unverified nobody. But guess who responded to me? <laughs> Chrissy Teigen. She no was way. like, she? Yes, I, <laughs> I'm i not going to brag, but I feel like I was um, partially responsible for her Twitter meltdown over the summer. And then the wow. subsequent targeting of Q people on Twitter. I mean, it was like a, a long time coming, I think, but um, she responded to my tweet and she's like, no, I actually retwe- I actually re- um, deleted 60,000 tweets because people like you think I'm a pedophile. Da, da, da. And it was like, um, well, why read 60, so triggered. 
Exactly. Even somebody's yeah. pedophile. Somebody thing. doesn't. Somebody. Somebody with nothing to hide does not delete sixty thousand tweets uh, over the course of like what was it forty eight hours? She was v triggered by uh, by what I tweeted, and then next thing I know, I'm in like twenty, uh, you know, articles online. And uh, of course, did she, you get she more had, Twitter followers by the end? Did your Twitter some? But then I got a lot of haters too. I got like people, a uh, couple of my first few death threats, which was nice. And uh, I was like, "Oh, I'm making it." How and, do you handle um, that? You, do you do you not care? I don't like that. Well, I we mean, did have to. Threats, we did have to go to the police to report one of the to report one of the things. But like other than that, no, I've been like canceled. Every time a comedian gets canceled, I swear to God, like I was about to say, like an angel gets its wings, gets his but wings. like Perfect. you grow another, you, your skin really does get thicker because you know yeah. every time, every time a mo- angry mob comes out, and I was angry mob in March when I did a kung flu fighting, I did a spoof um, <laughs> on Gal Gadot's Imagine. Remember when she sang Imagine with her and all her celebrity friends? They were gonna like really soothe the people with their song, and super nice kitchens was for some reason like yeah, yeah there were these and you're just like really I don't know why it, yeah, I don't know why it didn't resonate with us somebody was like literally coming to you live from a beach like someone's <laughs> like in Acapulco I was like oh you motherfuckers <laughs> and so me and some friends did like kung fu fighting each we each sang a line to like everybody was kung fu fighting and we said like kung fu kung fu whatever and I had the whole woke Asian mob come after me for that uh, very angry at me for that. But each time someone, you know, a group comes after you, just, you know, that it will pass, you know, never apologize because it will never be enough for these people. Yeah. They want, it's like the famous Michael Malice line, like they want you dead, but they'll settle for your submission. And uh, it's not about apologizing. It's just about you never, it's like bury yourself and never resurface again. Like don't ever work again. Don't exist. So it's apologizing will never, ever be the answer and i think that's part of like your question before monica like how do you get the courage to deviate from the norm it's because it's like uh once you're sort of kicked off the woke folk even if you are a woke person it's like they're not gonna let you back on like there's that's really not yeah that's what i think i'm woke like woke they changed woke i mean yeah 9-11 9-11 was an inside job. I'm woke. Yeah, <laughs> you know, woke, I'm not woke, woke now means stupid. So people who are now no, woke. Are yeah, stupid. now you're awake. Monica, you're you, considered awake now. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it's so, but now woke, I guess, is just acknowledging that all, everything is an racist. Uh, racist. Yes. Everything. That's what woke is. That's everything woke, is yeah. racist. Everyone you don't like is a white supremacist. And um, yeah. Socialism is good. Right. I don't know. It was an inside job that, you know, if you focused on that stuff, sorry, I hope I'm not blowing up. No, you're name, good. <laughs> if you focus on that stuff, everybody realizes, or like we used to talk about the militarization of police before Ferguson. If you focus on that, that it's us versus them, not black versus white, you have twice as many people on your team, <laughs> you right. know? So who's behind telling you that, that, half of the country is benefiting from 9-11 when very few people are benefiting from it. So why aren't we focused on that? Why aren't we focused on the conspiracies that are real? That I'm not saying that racism is an, an element of our history and our present and for sure our future because it's got so much value, but we could actually focus on the people who are dividing us on purpose for their own power. I mean, it's so obvious. I don't understand how so many it sounds people Sounds pretty don't racist get it. to me. It sounds like a racist <laughs> 
It's, Sounds it's, like that's your white privilege talking, yeah, to be honest. I think you should recognize your white fragility, and I think you should... Yeah. On the anti-racist lifestyle. Do I get? Part. I have some despised minority connections. Can I not? I have no no standing on that. I'm, I'm <laughs> but if I because I'm self hate a self hating Arab married to a Puerto Rican. Ooh, very diverse. All right, you get points. You're back in the boat. You're back in the boat. boat. I'm really okay. the, as like totally Brady Bun raised. No, like totally no culture whatsoever. Suburban New York, but. You know, whatever. Yeah, me too. I, I think yeah. Sandy Ocasio isn't exactly the most um, oppressed of all. She went, you know, she was Ted Kennedy's intern when she was in college. Did you? Who? Ocasio? Sandy <laughs> Ocasio. Ocasio, who? Wait, that was is her that name. Her, is that not her? Wait, wait, wait. Did you change her name? Ocasio. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Cortez is like your mother's maiden name. So you and you, I have a friend whose name, like, I'm not going to say his actual name. It's like Lopez Diaz. But his name is Lopez. His last name is like Ricardo Lopez. And then is, but you know, if you wrote down like on your driver's license, you would put dash, whatever, Diaz, because that's your mother's maiden name. But right. really, you go by Ricky Lopez. So I knew her name would be Sandy Ocasio. And it is like when you go back to her high school stuff. And then she said she was Which was in Yorktown. She, she lived in Yorktown from the age of two. Westchester. My God. Mm-hmm. It was a tiny house, a wealthy but, white school. AOC is from Westchester. Wow, that if people knew, my gosh. They talk about it a little once in a while you hear it, but it's always buried in a lot of Fox News hyperbole. So, but the real important thing to me is first of all, I think the bartending thing is bullshit. And I would ask her like really how do you make make a Cosmo? Yeah, how to make make an old fashioned Cosmo, yes, but like what's the difference between a flip and a sour? So (gasps) she should know the difference between a flip and a sour, which I doubt she will know. Although I think they taught her how to do it because she then started going on like, you know, PR things with that. But before, remember the Jeopardy guy, Austin? He was like a little bit Asperger-y. He was a cocktail. He was a bartender and he like cleaned up on Jeopardy a couple of years ago. His thing, he was like a trivia whiz and he was super smart and he was super cool because he was a craft cocktail guy. And I remember thinking... I think they took her image from him. And I looked, and prior to that, she was a waitress. And there were no references to her being a bartender prior to that moment. And then, But I don't even buy into any of that because she went to BU. She had, Binkley and I have seen this, like she had a great resume. She was an entrepreneur. Not just a great, she she had the best resume you've ever seen for a 20-year-old in your life. Could have got an interview at any Fortune 500 company. She'd started three companies by the time she was 20. She spoke regularly on the campus of Boston University. economics degree international politics yeah she did a ted talk and she started a media company at boston university and then all of a sudden i'm just a bartender trying to get by that's an image they create so she could my brother put my name in the lottery and i got oh oh my god i don't even know oh my god i feel i feel hoodwinked by aoc right now (laughs) here's the thing here's what a real bartender goes through i had a bartending job at the patriot uh in new york city on chambers and church street i only worked there because there was a chalkboard sign outside that said saturday night sluts welcome and i was like that sounds like the spot for me i didn't have any experience i was like i was like homegirl needs money let's do it and um I remember there was a night where a guy, I guess there was another bartender there that looked like me and her name was Patience. 
And, uh, you know, we would get a lot of early Here's morning. The old guys. We would get a lot of early morning because it was near a construction site. Uh, we'd yeah. get guys coming in at 10 a.m. No big deal. 10 a.m. to start drinking. Not craft cocktails. We're talking shots No, and beer. this was very much just shots and beer and then, like, Creedence Clearwater Revival playing in the yeah, background. Yeah. <laughs> like, the jukebox, like that. the yeah. jukebox was almost exclusively, like, <laughs> CCR and, like, a few others. Yeah. And I remember, like, John Cougar. Oh, this is probably at night, though. A guy came to me and said, hey, patience, give me the birthday candles. It's my birthday. I was like, what? I was like, what are you talking about? I then learned that birthday candles was a thing you did, a thing that this the patients, who was the top bartender, made the most tips, did the best. And here's why. Because if you went up to her and said, give me the birthday candles, it's my birthday. Did she check ID? No. <laughs> was there any kind of uh, proof that it was your birthday? No. But what she would do is pull down her top and light uh, light what, you know, the paper matches that split, light a match, split the match, put it on her nipple, light another match, split it, put it on another nipple, lit matches. And then whoever's birthday it was could then blow them out. That's a real bartender. Wow. Did you see this? <laughs> I never saw it. Because but that is trick. There's like was, a couple of things that are tricky about that. I was like, I don't have the nipples for that. I'm so sorry, uh, yeah. sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe one, but not both. Sorry to disappoint <laughs> you on your birthday, but I just, yeah, I just don't have, I physically don't think I can do that. <laughs> so how much did you make? What was the most you ever made in one night there? Do you remember? Oh, that? I did terrible because I started working there like after the well, economic downturn. I worked there after, yeah, who can, who can be patients? But I was working there like after the economy collapsed. So this was like 2008 or nine, not nothing I can remember. Like, and then we started, I started working there and then we all had to pull tips. So it's like, ah, forget it. I'm sure patience was out of there. I'm sure patience went on to run for office. (laughs) Her name was patience uh, Cortez, actually. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Well, (laughs) grew up in Yorktown. Like it's actually, yeah. Her name was patience Ocasio. I always thought that that Sandy's claim to fame was, was below the neck. So wait, her real name is Sandy and she changed it to it's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is the name that I'm sure is on her driver's license or her she went by Sandy in high school. Yeah, But she went by Sandy and the last name of a name like that is the first of the two names. It's Sandy. You don't walk around, you know, like you, it's like as if you said your full name all the time, like whatever your mother's maiden name is your middle name or something like you don't do it like that. Wait, so you went to, did you say you went to school with her or you just like, no, no, I'm, I'm from Rockland County. She's from, Washington, oh, right, right. But I Damn. just. I read a lot about her. Binkley, too. We just re- read about her and Sandy, uh, Sandy, uh, Stacey Abrams as created persons. People have these backstories, you know, and they have funny little details in their history. Lady Gaga, Mark Zuckerberg, Donald Trump. I mean, they just have weird little mm-hmm. details in their backgrounds. And you're like, these are not outsiders that just stumbled into these positions. And it just doesn't work that way. Wow. It just they're myths designed to appeal to certain target audiences. Oh my god, to make it look like oh anybody can do this. She's representing yeah, the so people. So you trust them. Yeah. So you trust them because it's all about trust. It's not they're not getting up there and saying, "Hey, you don't have to trust me because I'm going to explain to you a political ideology that is consistent with our foundational documents and makes sense and is also consistent with our morals, especially don't steal and don't kill." Like that would be my pitch as a libertarian. It's basically what Ron Paul said. So people are like, "Well, he's he's an inside job. He's fake. He's a libertarian." It's like I don't care at all because what he said 
says is real and true. He has a track record of bringing that stuff home. And you can measure what he does by the things he says, which you can also check with your own logic and the Constitution and books upon books that talk about that stuff. And Trump is like, Stacey Abrams is fat. And you're like, oh, wow. I love that guy. It's yeah. Like, that yeah. doesn't that's I also like, think Rosie O'Donnell is fat. I'm with this guy. Yeah. Yeah, right. Rosie O'Donnell. Sorry. Sorry, Stacey Avery. I'm sure you called like a lot to, of yeah. I don't like to body shame. I literally don't like that because I like to attack people based on their ideas and their integrity. But and Stacey Abrams is literally it. like six foot two and she's <laughs> massive. So she's she, you just look at her and you try to you have to hold back from saying something body shaming. And as soon as somebody says something, then I think, I think they put her there on purpose because she is somebody that might be, she looks like she could be a lesbian, might not be a lesbian. So she's got all these targets that they're just bait people with. And then as soon as somebody says something, the New York times and everybody else gets all over them and slams them. Yeah. Like, I don't know what she is, but she looks like she could dunk. Um, Absolutely. Wow, this is so interesting. I had no idea. And it, I, I don't know, learning this kind of makes me feel less hopeful. Like, is there anybody who can ever represent us as a people? It's almost like you can't run unless you've got mega, mega bucks. And if you have mega, mega bucks, you're probably compromised or bought. Yeah. I, I think there's one hope, which is it's so simple. It's so simple to think and to grow a potato like it's so simple that they have to spend all their time i'm growing and- one in my kitchen right now by accident well, yeah accident my dog was eating potatoes like every day and i said so what happened here and there were these perfect little gold little tiny potatoes like i get at the store and i realized i must have dropped one and they started growing like that's how that's how irish i am i'm also irish but they so they so they have to spend all this time and effort to disempower us and it's purely psychological. They're not actually coming to your house yet. They're not even changing the laws. They're using Twitter or whatever to take away your First Amendment. They're doing a lot of stuff, but they're but we're just doing it to ourselves. And all we really need to do is think a little bit. And and it's within it's within the possibility. But that's why, like what Binkley said before, things are going to get into niches. That is actually what concerns me a little bit because you don't want to always be preaching to the choir. However, stuff like this, Swapcast, people like you who like come at it from one angle, people like us who come at it from a different angle, we have different audiences that we draw in from different places where we can kind of exchange these ideas. Like my favorite emails are when people say, I only agree with half of what you say, but like, I like that you think and you help me think and whatever. I personally, I don't think we need to agree on anything. We just need to start thinking. We can all agree that you're beautiful, Monica. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, that'll work. That's how I, that's how I would get. Like, look, I, I don't agree with half of what you say, but girl, you pretty. Well, I do, I do get, I usually dismiss those. It's like, where, like somebody just sent me a tweet he, every once in a while. He asked me if uh, I have a leather jacket and what it looks like. <laughs> if I could wear it next time I tweet at him. Wow. There's Ford who likes, who, uh, what did he say? More feet pics, please. Uh, well, I, I was going to bring that up, but then I realized this, they might listen. That's all right. <laughs> These people, okay. the feet people are relentless. They are the most Look, confident. Out his specific, today, no. was that bad? No, no it, it was definitely funny. I did tweet the Rick and Morty socks and uh, and it got a rise out of some people, I guess. I'm sure it did. <laughs> Literally. Sure yeah, it did. I didn't think so. I, yeah. 
the socks? I didn't think socks counted. Feet or feet, even with socks on? Well, There's people feet imagine the feet inside. They see the socks. They say the feet have been in the socks. Oh. I, I want to see be close to the socks. Oh, and now you're doing shoes, so... Shoes, anything feet-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people have shoe, foot fetishes. I've been trying to get my like feet like an agent, but I can't. It's not really catching on. A lot I don't think they want the made- male no, I- feet pics. You guys know that I am on wiki feet. Are you? It's not one of my prouder things. It's not one of my prouder credits. This was a big day. The day I realized I had I had a profile on WikiFeet because somebody else created this for me. And I was just like, oh, wow. Um, so here I am. Is it really your feet? Yeah. Well, what they do is they collect pictures of you from all Especially over the you, internet. Yeah. And yeah, they someone just makes a profile like... Uh, Wow. Yeah. Here's me. I have four out of five stars. I don't know why. Oh, because I have four out of five nice feet. Um, Like they have, this is just me doing a. Wow, that's a great picture. Look at those feet. Perfect. This is me. Like I jumped off a boat and they're like, ah, we got to get this on here. That should be on your Twitter profile. And this you would get a show. Like, just thousands of new tweets. Regular phones. picture of me after a show, a secret show in a backyard this past summer. And then You're this is me, sandwich. like, yeah, feet. I'm, this is by accident. I'm not trying You're to. Get- clearly mugging for the camera. In that <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it is. Maybe like there's something I don't know about. Yeah, them. you did. You signaled, man. It's like the okay sign for feet people. I'm really not. And look, this oh my is God, from, your feet are everywhere. You didn't I'm do that not trying. Don't is, believe this is it. Too much. Come on. Oh I'm my, not. Come on. I'm not. Look at that. Oh, <laughs> they got a mind of their own. These feet are getting. <laughs> really? This was from a vacation. And I was like, wee, there's a pool in my backyard. But these this is like people. you had a, a porn phase. You know, people it. think that I. Yeah. I don't people. Look, look, this was like at. A, I'm doing a show. This person zoomed in. Look. Oh, oh let's my God. Yeah, this I had my I had my shoes off while I was doing like a radio show because it's like I don't know sometimes it's more comfortable. You are you're you're gaslighting these two people. At this point. It's too much, I guess. <laughs> nice. I'm giving the I don't know I don't know. I guess I'm giving the feet people what they want. Yeah. Why, why is it feet and not hands? There's no I don't. They're not similar sites for hands and fingers as there are, but feet. People have a just obsession with. And that was one well, of my many feet. jobs. I was a foot model. I was a shoe model, so oh, I got really? a lot of free pairs of shoes from this designer um, named Matt Burnson. I would go in, and for fifty dollars an hour, I would try on shoes and tell them, give them oh, feedback: is it comfortable awesome. or not comfortable? I had no idea. I got this job off Craigslist. I showed wow. up thinking, "Oh, I'm probably going to get jerked off on, but I really need money." Yeah. So I learned that it was a le- indeed a legit job and they would get boxes of shoes in from like Spain or Brazil or wherever the shoe factories were. And I just, I, did, I learned that like size seven is like the industry foot standard size. I thought every, I thought there was foot models for every size coming. I thought there was a size six girl coming. I thought there was an eight girl, a nine girl. I thought there was like a whole pen of foot models coming in, giving feedback. No, it was just me. And they would just let me try it, try it on and give them feedback. And I was like, Wow, I feel like I wield so much power. Like it's the future of like this, you know. You but it was the feet bona fides. It was like, it's and then the they'd be like, feet. "Here's fifteen dollars," you know. Did you get to keep the shoe? You got to keep the shoes. Um, a couple, a couple of like the uh, the older ones that weren't selling, they would give me, but I would get a discount. So I ended up just spending whatever I made on the shoes. <laughs> 
Well, yeah. it looks like you have a long and storied foot history. I don't. <laughs> I, do. I don't think it's any surprise. You're, you're that you prolific have a, a foot model. I'm tolific, actually. <laughs> Tolific. Totally tolific. Oh my god, we got really so off topic here. I feel like oh. I meant we meant to talk about all these serious topics. No. Um, I, I want to get back to your point about like um, scaring people into not having land, not growing their own food. It's almost I'm thinking of the example of like the the baby elephant who is like tethered to this you know pole, and then as it grows up, it's like it's like girl, you're a big ass elephant. You could bust on through this, yeah. but it doesn't. And I'm like, is that what's happening to us? Uh, yeah, I think so. Absolutely. The Kanye West, the mental slavery. He was dead on when he said that is uh the only thing that's keeping people submissive is, is psychologically they think that they're bound to this system and that comes from like a hundred years worth of propaganda that's designed well, to do that can make people mentally enslave well, themselves you know what i think the number one thing is that and <clears throat> i don't know if free college is enough of a trade-off to just totally brainwash people and then they're incapacitated because that's that little string of a tether or if debt, the first thing a person does as an adult, if they're really going to make it in this world, in this country, is incur a tremendous amount of debt. The very first adult move that you do, your parents actually have to sign off on it. And then- as Oh, you mean you, going to college? Yeah. yeah. And then for like 10 years, you're paying that off. And then maybe you get a mortgage and then you're paying that off. And then you have kids and you work a lot. So you live close to the city and you can't send them to public school. So then you're getting that tuition and everything. So by the time- you wake up on the treadmill, you look around and say, especially if you have kids, <clears throat> you you look around and say, look, I get it that this was a mistake. I'm a complete slave, but I've already made all these investments and now I can get some, kind of like a B plus job instead of just the, you know, I used to waitress and I really had a better lifestyle then. I loved really? it. I a lot of cash. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. It was so fun. I had free drinks, stay after work. I had an apartment, but by the time I was 17, I absolutely loved it. But, but I, you know, worried about breaking my leg, you know? So then I went to school and I did all that kind of insurance. Stuff. Everyone's like, you need yeah, insurance. Yeah. Everything. And then I went back to school. I had dropped out of high school, but I went back to school. And then, but even when, when I saw my husband like getting better jobs and then the tax rate going up and then him working more and us having to live closer to the city and our expenses going up, I was like, Hey man, we are falling for something. He's like, wow. I, I've been going to school, I went to school since I was 30. I'm not stepping off now. And then like 10 years later, he was just like, this is crazy. And I said, I told you, I told you we should have just stepped off 10 years ago. <clears throat> but you never can because you're so fully committed to that system. And I feel like, the you know, it's almost inversely correlated with wisdom. Like as you get more and more wised wow. up to the whole thing, you're like, you know what? I'm in the home stretch. I just I hope I can return. And it's too scary to go off the system because we're told to follow these steps and then we follow these steps and we'll get this result, even though even if it's completely disconnected and it doesn't work out for a lot of people that when you're told that one thing and you want to go maybe do something else, it's off the path. You feel pressure not to by other people who've never gone off the path. And then you yourself are scared shitless trying to figure out what that path is and having the confidence to pursue it. And that's how they limit people. The college thing is dead on. And now college doesn't even match up to any skills that people use. They make people stupid half the time in college. Pure brainwashing. I mean, I did learn how to give a pretty good hand job in college. I will... <laughs> I will give Fairfield you that. that that's, yeah, the social <laughs> aspects definitely is 
What you get from and college? I think it was something about it being a Jesuit college really helped my hand job skills. Yeah. You know, just all those drunken nights on the beach. Uh, yeah, got to <laughs> The guys teaching to each other there. <laughs> well, that's how. Yeah, you have to go through that first, then you advance. Right, and every comic I know deals with this pressure because it's like, oh, day job, don't have a day job. It's like just yeah. to pursue comedy is like you're off the path. Like, good right. luck. You better get famous before you want to have a baby or you want to get injured and need surgery. Yeah. Uh, you Everybody better- you know says, you still doing comedy? You still doing comedy? <laughs> yeah, you still doing yeah. I, I, I was on like – there was one point in time where I was on like three TV shows that were on uh, Netflix and Amazon at one time, and people were still going, you still doing acting? You wow. still do an act. I'm like, well, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Like, it's just they don't. They never get the concept that there is a path to pursue, um, because they've never experienced it themselves. Because they've been stuck in the mainstream media propaganda sphere for so long. Wow. And, and what's like, the thing that gets you in? Is it the? It's is it insurance? Like, what's the catch? Is it all of it? It's um. It, I guess it comes at you from many different angles. It's like well, pressure there's from also the parents. time. Things. So for me, <clears throat> I got a couple of when I first said, oh, my gosh, I like I figured this out. I'm moving from anarcho-capitalism to agorism and I and I realize I need to start growing things and and fighting for liberty within the framework of the political system is not going to work and that we have to take our own liberty. It's you should read Technological Slavery by Ted Ooh, Kaczynski. Yes, yes. I oh know that God. name. Oh, Ted. Well, he's a serial <laughs> killer. So people don't really love to quote him. And I was going to give it to my no, I say never judge a book by its cover. Never judge, you know. Don't Don't judge a Unabomber by his hoodie. Yeah. It's like art, you know, just it's the critic. Everyone has a bad day. Yeah. But so anyway, but his idea was that you need to, that you have to take your own autonomy by living off the grid or by growing stuff. But this is what, so people yell at me like, well, it's about time. I can't believe you're not homeschooling your kids and you don't have any chickens or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? I've been spending all of my free time for like 10 years. I used to have a terrestrial radio show, which was very stressful and time consuming, even though the air was airtime was only on the weekends, but I used to have to do a lot, a lot of work because I was controversial and people would attack me or whatever. And I wanted to be prepared, but it just took a lot of hours. And then now we do podcasts every single day and it takes a lot of hours. So if it's 20 or 30 hours a week that I'm spending doing this particular thing, I'm definitely not, gonna figure out how to grow stuff and i would have to like move i I rent this house like i'm not they're not okay with chickens in this neighborhood (laughs) you know like there's not a not a chicken neighborhood so anyway but i just i feel like there's only so many things you can do and I, you know, it's a great idea, but I feel like it's kind of too late for me. But I tell my kids, like, before you have kids, you should probably figure out how to, you know, go live on a farm for a summer or something. Like, at least know how to wow. do it so you're not nervous about it. Yeah. But they, they laugh because I don't care if they go to college or anything. One of them wants to be a lawyer. One wow. of them wants to be a doctor. Cool. And I'm just like, really? Does anyone want to be a vet or a <gasps> that's what I wanted to be when I was a little girl. I wanted to be a veterinarian and yeah. a gymnast, and I was like, I can do both. And yeah, it's I like, wanted huh. just to, to keep the pigs healthy so we can eat them every once in a while or whatever. I don't know, but I just want somebody to be a farmer. I want somebody to figure uh, it out for the next. You know, I'll come take care of your babies, but you've got to be in a place that's sustainable. I told my husband, like, let's buy like some acres in Montana. It's like ten thousand dollars an acre. We could probably get a couple of acres with water on it, but it's cold up there. Uh, As I seen a meme going around that Bill Gates owns the most farmland in the country or in the world or something. Uh, Yeah. 
and that it's like water important. Like there's watersheds, you know, you got to care about yeah. that stuff and supposedly, mm-hmm. but they all do. They, that those guys do of course own land because that's the thing. That's, that's the where you grow your impossible meat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the thing. They don't want us to be able to do any of that, but they're the real things that we need are not substitute you can there are substitutes for them so you need like food water shelter whatever and so when people like it's a monopoly it needs to be regulated i'm like you know what nothing's really a monopoly if you don't actually need it is it entertainment Mm -hmm. that it's a monopoly on then do something else is it transportation well where do you have to go you know Mm -hmm. or telecommuting is an is a substitute for for a road, you know, like there, what, uh, there is another way. And, but the, but if they start controlling food, air, water, you know, not even food, but the ability to grow food, if they start controlling the actual profound necessities and one of the first UN docs documents, Habitat One said they don't want regular people owning land. And that's the, that's the most important thing in my mind. And Ugh, I think that's so icky. Yeah, I know. And that's the thing, because I don't care about regulations. I'm not worried about any of this stuff. I'm it's just the basic necessities. And they know that they're ahead of it, I think. This is very scary. Sorry, don't be scared. Finkley, bring her back. Bring her back. Bring me back. Uh, Bill Gates (laughs) wants to murder all of us. (laughs) For sure. He's an OG. Yeah, he's he's just. I, I'm amazed because I was like, I was interviewing Dr. Drew. I was so happy to have Dr. Drew. I was a big fan of him for many years. And then I asked him what his thoughts on Bill Gates were. And um, he's like, well, I think he's a nice guy. I don't know why he gets so much shit. And I was like, oh, Dr. Drew, oh. you're compromised. That got to you, Dr. Drew. And he was like, did he eh. say anything about Fauci? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'll have to go back. I think it was over the summer. But he was like, he just wants to help people. I was like, girl. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, he yeah. was on Falcon's AIDS fear squads when he was younger. Dr. Drew Ooh, was. was he? Yeah. That's what he said in a podcast by one time where they go around scaring the shit out of people. Think, I, I told you, Monica, when I was a kid, I was hy- hypochondriac. I was convinced that I, that I had AIDS as, as like a seven year old. I'm like, I'm like looking at my tongue in the mirror going, there's white spots. There's white spots. I must have got it from the toilet seat. I was convinced because of all the Fauci propaganda. Wow. Yeah, I too was like very um, scared. I was very much a prude, which is why I got very passionate about hand jobs because I was like, no sex, but you know, <laughs> oh, perfect. Keep your wrists limber. And um, yeah, it was very much this fear of like, don't, you know, keep your holes empty. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh boy. I don't want to say anything else because I don't want to bring you down. But no, no, this is um, bring you back up. No, this is good to know. It's like, well, people can still like buy land. People can still. Here's the problem. This is why it's really not depressing. What 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 was depressing to me is the Trump Q stuff because I've been telling people for the longest time about stuff like the Boston Marathon bombing, the J the JFK assassination. Everybody knows that it was an inside job, and no president has ever outed that so we have we no longer have a the country that we had right so we should talk about that stuff and then when you have something like q or trump or whatever saying oh ignore everything about the constitution there are children in cages in the basements of democrats and Mm -hmm. that's we we all have to sacrifice absolutely everything for that but you know pedophiles you're always going to have with you we could at least preserve the constitution so i that is what bothers me is that they they can set up these corrals where they can put people who would 
still be looking for the truth. They give them a, give them a false truth to, to slow them down. And wow. I think that, wow. you know, you just kind of, maybe somebody did email us and say that January 6th thing woke him up to the fact that Trump was there kind of pushing people into that corral. You know, he uh, wasn't inciting insurrection because there was wasn't. no insurrection. Yeah. But what did you see? You said you were there. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was there. And I remember like he was supposed to speak at 11. He didn't speak till close to 12. And me and my like uh, friend, Riss, has a really great YouTube channel. You should definitely check her out. Her name is Riss Flex and uh, big conspiracy <laughs> gal. A lot of fun. Um, she's a tiny little thing. So she was getting cold because we were standing out there since 8 a.m. And, uh, you know, all these speakers. And so we're waiting for Trump. We're waiting for Trump. It's 11. Everyone's waiting for Trump. Hundreds of thousands of people, as far as the eye could see. So many people. So many flags. I loved going to these rallies just to meet the people, interview the cool characters, see the signs. I mean, there was a guy in a skeleton costume with a sign that says, I voted for Biden nine times. This is what I love about these events is the energy, the people, like... <laughs> The passion and like always the most passionate people anti CCP are always people that are from China. You know, the most passionate That's people heard. warning yeah. us of socialism are people that are either from or have parents from Cuba or Venezuela. It's like they know firsthand and, and they're like, or I have friends in China who are texting me like y'all are headed for this. Um, and we're all we have just the luxury of like going our whole 30, 40, 50, 60 years on this, you know, in this country, never having to fight for our rights. It's like, we get, we get too comfortable. We don't have to fight for anything. And uh, so anyway, the point is, it's like, we were standing there all these hours. We were freezing. Like I heard some people being like, Oh, they're controlling the weather. They're making it extra cold for us. <laughs> they they're making it extra cold. And I was like, it is very cold. Like, be, yeah, it's unusually cold. <laughs> like, I mean, that's what China would probably do. It got colder they as the admit day that went they on. Do that in China. I was like, it's they broad admit. daylight. I was like, it is very fucking cold. And so we were like, we just got to start moving. We got to start walking because it was it was planned in the program that people were going to march to the Capitol at one. Like this was days in advance. This was always planned. It was not. No one was inspired by Trump speaking because he was an hour late to the podium. And people were like, all right, well the next marching point or there was point a program. That there was a there was a graphic. There was an image that was like going around that was like. Tuesday night, we're going to meet at Freedom Plaza and there'll be speakers. I think like Alex Jones was there, Ali Alexander, like a bunch of people. Oh, this was characters. like the Women for America First, something like that? There's, well, there's a lot of different for like other. subgroups. There's like there's religious people. They meet up and have a speaker at some point in some time. There's the women group. There's um, the uh, there was the Stop the Steal folks. There's Brandon Strzok's like freaking now he's arrested. He was, I was supposed to do an interview with him on Monday. And I was like, where is he? Where is he? Oh, he got arrested. That's where he is. Um, so I'm going to have to reschedule with him whenever he <laughs> <guess> so. <laughs> resurfaces. I was like, oh, this is a legit excuse. <laughs> I'm like, he's right. like blowing me off. He's definitely in a, in a cop car somewhere. Um, I love that guy. I love that guy. He's just like, he, I, I just really, I don't know. I feel uh, it represents like a lot how I felt because I was like, card-carrying feminist that walked away from the Democrats as well. So it's like there's all these little subgroups. Oh, is that the walk-away guy you're talking about? Yes, yes, yes. And then there's MAGA, and then there's the 2A people, and then there's the free speech people, which is me. That That's what activated me into all this stuff was free speech because I was like, well, you can't have comedy without free speech, so... So I'm all in. And uh, so I'm there. I'm doing live streaming. I'm meeting funny people. I met this guy, Prometheus, who's super passionate about foreskin. He thinks everybody should have a foreskin. You should sue your parents if they circumcise <laughs> you. He's a semi. He's a- <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know where he is. He just he believes that most of the serial killers don't have foreskin. That foreskin <laughs> is better for your penis in the winter. It protects it better. It's better for sex. Like he's a foreskin advocate. He's a foreskin advocate. He's very, and if you talk to him long enough, he's like, you got to put your dick and balls in the sun. You know, like he's got a lot of ideas, a lot of ideas. So these are the people that I like to talk to. And uh, so anyway, it's getting to be like 1230. Okay. Like uh, Trump had been speaking for like half hour or so. And people are freezing their asses off. And, and I think a lot of people just wanted to start walking and start moving. So people were walking and I felt bad because we were like, we should wait till Trump is done speaking to go over to the Capitol. But Riss was like, I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm freezing. Wow. It's just a small little thing. So, so a little bit after 1230, 1240, we started walking to the Capitol because the Capitol was like marching meeting point was at, so it was uh, freedom Plaza Tuesday, nine o'clock um, Wednesday, 9am. The ellipsis or the president's lawn yeah. was, that was a point. And then the third point was Capitol at 1pm. It was, always going to be where people were going to meet up. So people are like, well, the things that next things at one and people were starting to walk out while Trump was speaking at 1230. And we felt so bad. We're like, we're so cold though. I had to go like buy gloves. Um, so we just started walking. And so we get there. It's like, you know, planned. It was, we heard Trump and we were speaking. He was like, we know, I know everyone's going to march over peacefully. So he didn't say anything that inspired anybody to go buy a wire cutter and a sledgehammer and go like knock the place down you you know just regular just he wasn't saying anything crazy at all and uh well, they only picked that one line which was very innocuous i you know i have a, a lot of the fight for your right you know i have a lot of his speech recorded on my phone from that oh. day because i just had it up on a thing and i'm doing like wide shots i should really go back and listen to it and see if there's anything else interesting that i can post especially the tone of it yeah yeah, and uh, so well, a lot of the all... stuff they said was incitement was on Twitter, which they removed, so mm. you can't see it anymore. They just say he incited riots on Twitter, and now we're going to take it down. No. And we weren't allowed to see it. Like, really, he didn't at all. It was more like people were there in DC because they had like real concerns, and we're not supposed to say it. And then I'm... they stopped the whole mob thing, prevented. Congress from it's, yeah, it stopped yeah, it what they so wanted to happen, to happen. I remember really there were a bunch of us listening on a on a radio. We were huddled around a radio because, like, I, I wasn't in Congress. I wasn't up close um, to the to like at, at at first. I was very far. I was a very far back. Like I was at the north side of the, of the Capitol building by where there was a little, small pond, you know. And so a bunch of us are like huddled around a radio and they're listening to like the proceedings going on inside the building. And I guess they had gotten to the point where they were going to discuss election fraud. And then all of a sudden people are breaking in right yeah. when they start talking about that. So, it was right after then, the first challenge to Arizona. It, yes. Right after that happened is when they busted And in. people were like cheering. People were like, yeah, we're making it. The people listening to the radio, yeah, we got in. We're making a difference. And I was like, uh, I just didn't know what to make of it. I was like, is this good? Um, and I just saw more people were walking up to the Capitol, like families, kids, old people. I'm like, oh, this is like Disney World. Everyone's just walking up to the Capitol. I was like, let's risk. Let's walk up. We're going to get better shots, better interviews, better photos. So we walk up and then we we see like the classic, you know, photo of people climbing the walls and stuff. Yeah, so from what we understood, because our friend was there, 
that was just a one-off thing. Alex Jones was up there and a couple of people scaled that wall. There was actually scaffolding. Yeah. There was a couple there was scaffolding that people were on. Weird. And she just kept walking. Is it a big (laughs) flag drop over the, that's what this picture is. They did a big flag drop over the side of the God. I don't know. I can't. Well, back of the cat. Can't really tell, but yeah, whatever. (laughs) It's uh, they just did a big flag drop over the scaffolding and, People were cheering like, "Yay, we're here! We're no, there. We're being noticed." We're like, "Yay!" The doors were open, and there was no. They announced that the doors were unlocked. They sent out an alert, and then there's people walking in unlocked doors. Follow. They're walking in between the red velvet ropes, just very like calmly walking. I saw. Yeah, I saw a line of cops walk past us. To like, I mean, but none of us were. I mean, the place where I were, nobody was being like naughty. Like, you know, we were just like standing there with our flags and stuff. But like, nobody was trying to break us up from where we were. And uh, I had no idea until I got back to the hotel that people had like really gotten in. You know, I didn't know about Podium Guy. I didn't know about Viking Guy until <laughs> much, much later that night. That's that is hilarious that somebody stole a podium from. Was it it is. Uh, yeah, that's that's hilarious. great. I wish I could have been like, yeah, I'll just take a lipstick and fuck with her. You know what I mean? She'd be like, I gotta go get my, where is it? You know, <laughs> just go and go into her, like the little freezer. I'm sure she has under her desk and be like, I'm going to take some of these popsicles. Yeah. Loves her right for gas mask. Yeah. <laughs> they like some gas of them masks. were wearing gas masks. Some no, of them, they got they an alert from? to wear the, their escape mask. That's what it said on the alert. Them? Is it like an airplane? It just drops down from the ceiling? I guess oh they have God. them in their office, but there's photos of them wearing these ridiculous gas masks. Relax, please. Nobody even, most people like didn't even know where to go. I mean, like there's yeah. a couple people who seem to know exactly. I mean, the average person is not going to know where to go when they get inside the Capitol right, building. Right. Like, point, most well, people are showing them. Maybe that's why the cops were escorting them through the holes. There are pictures of yeah. that. So crazy. So you you guys maintain that this was all completely a psyop. It was a setup oh, that like, because I didn't see Viking guy. I was there for three days. I didn't see Viking guy. And he was it. like previously in other media. You can find YouTube videos of that. When you're that, oh, yeah. you know. Once it was like, this guy has headshots. He's very suspect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. You're there for three days and you never see him. Yet, if you only watch it from TV, he's the only thing you picture. He's the poster boy. He's the poster boy. Yeah. I met so many cool people. Prometheus, the foreskin guy. He was there in November. He was there in December. Come on. He should have been your guy. He's committed. Yeah. They should interview that guy. I'd love to hear that on the TV. Like, he lives in a bush, you know? Like, he's about it. (laughs) With his foreskin. He's got his foreskin in the bush. It rains. He just wraps his foreskin up over his head. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. He he goes uh, parachuting with it. Yeah, camping in the bush. Oh man, it is. I mean, like it definitely doesn't not look like a psyop. It's like these people knew where to go. There seemed to not be a lot of cops around. They disrupted the thing that everyone was there and knew they were there to do. It's not like you people were all stupid and didn't know what we knew, which what was really going on in the Capitol. That's why you were there because I read some of the stuff that was denounced as the call to action. Mm. Said it right there in plain sight. We are there to support the courageous people in Congress who are willing to object to their state certification. That's wow. what one of the scandalous calls to action was. So if you were there for that reason, why would you interrupt it while they were actually doing it? It wasn't even before uh, they were doing it. They, why, and, and 
The cops didn't stop them. Nobody tried to stop them, yet they all went back onto the bus by sunset. And Mitch McConnell, yeah. 80 years old, has more stamina than the insurrection. He slithers back in and finishes the job. I no, mean, just you know, so everyone gets a little juice box full of adrenochrome, I'm sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. And they, maybe that's what they, they were out. That's why they went in to steal yes, that adrenochrome. That's right. That's right. He probably oh, did get a little, little, there's the video of horn guy also going into where they were holding the, the, the hearing, the chamber. And he's just like, what's up, bro. How you doing? Oh, I love, I you love this video so, so much. What's up, man? Yeah. You're covered in blood. Good yeah, for you. Yeah, Patriot. Yeah. I was like, right. this guy yeah. is great. Yeah, that guy lo- looks like an insurrectionist leader. He's super <laughs> right. chill. Yeah, I'm like, and the whole time I'm thinking, it's it's fucking cold. It's January. Where is his oh, coat? Yeah, that's a Where great is point. his bag? Who's holding his coat? You, you know, know, is there like a little Viking weird. girlfriend out somewhere holding the coat? I don't his know. His nipples weren't even erect at all. It's it's all fakes, deep you fake. You couldn't maybe. even light a match on those nipples. You're telling me <laughs> that that makeup was stayed perfectly on from like eight in the morning till four, three, four p.m. Whenever like all that action was happening, it's like hmm. Then he went on the hunger strike in in jail, which I thought was that's awesome. Oh right, he had he demanded organic food. Good for him. (laughs) Good for him. An impossible burger. I actually, when I first moved out to L.A., I was gonna buy some food for a bum that was outside Chipotle, and he literally was like strictly vegetarian. (laughs) I think when you become homeless, you really have to reevaluate your your you know your demands. You have to become less. Less maintenance. Like, this is truly the land of milk and honey if this guy can make those kind of demands. like No, it's the land of oat milk and uh, <laughs> right. agave. Avocados. Yeah. Avocados are an extra dollar. Come on, dude. You have to have the avocado. <laughs> you know, the homeless have had it too good for too long. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, that guy, I'm sure, did not. I, I think that whole thing was photo op. It didn't matter that it was cold. He wasn't going to put the coat on uh, because he was there. To make that scene, and and people loved it. Wow! Yeah, they had the photographers up on the balcony. I mean, it was. It's crazy because it's like, man, it's like if this whole thing is just smoke and mirrors to make the Patriots look bad, and because uh, nobody was there, nobody was armed. Like conservatives right. and MAGA are known for being better than the left and being better than liberals, and not and turning the other cheek, and and being the party of inclusivity. Yeah, because they couldn't get them to really do it. And I'll tell you, if that crap wanted to have an insurrection, they would have brought their yes, they would have kicked ass. <laughs> this is you yeah. would have at least made it through if there was nobody minding the gate. They would have had a better time that day, but they didn't. They just had no arms and they went home at sunset, and nobody was trying to stop them. That's the thing; they weren't even being pushed back by the cops. They left of their own accord. That is like by definition not a real attempt at overthrowing the government. Yeah, right. and then we were and told. The- and McConnell wasn't scared because he came back. He knew wow. there was no threat. AOC said she she was worried for her life. She feared for her life. You know, they saw nobody. They saw nobody. None of them saw anybody. On but she was afraid for her life. Building. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, she used to lead her- storms. She used to storm other people's offices with mobs yeah. of people and do the yeah. same shit. Sandy from the block, the bartender, is quaking in her boots because Viking man is half a building over. And that's what tells me it's like, oh, you were never really of the people because if this is how quickly you get scared, like, aren't you a bartender? Like, right. aren't yeah, you like, yeah. I've had a bottle broken next to my head. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, exactly like, aren't you, like uh, shouldn't you be harder to scare New Yorker? You know, 
I know. That that's how I felt about the Starbucks guys, the guys who like they weren't allowed to use the bathroom at Starbucks or whatever. And they were just like, oh, you don't God. understand how painful this is. I'm like, wait, is this painful or has your life been riddled with abuse and injustice? Like, which mm-hmm. is it? Because it cannot be yeah. both. And weren't you yeah. in there cutting at people and refusing yeah, to order for like 20 totally. minutes before it happened? Yeah. This is crazy. So what do like, how do people listening to this that are going, man, are we just fucked here? Like, what do real patriots do? What, like, you know, like a lot of us are feeling frustrated. Um, a lot of us are just like, well, fuck it. I guess some people are like, I'm never voting again. Or I am going to go off the grid. I'm going to live in the forest. I'm going to like. I, two, I would say two things that, and they're both kind of local. One is that you should think of liberty and autonomy and rights as something personally asserted basically at all times. Like I have to get my mind around that. So I'm not the one to like, I'm in LA. I don't walk around in Whole Foods without a mask on because, you know, I have personal autonomy, you know, to the extent that's a private company, I I wouldn't violate the rules, but I'm just saying that as a, just as far as a new mindset. And then I've always said to people, it does not matter if there are false flags. It does not matter what the truth of the propaganda is. Never, ever, ever let them convince you that your rights should be abused or that ideology isn't important because of some other thing, because of pedophiles mm-hmm. or because of terrorists. Like whatever the story is, don't be like, well, Monica's a conspiracy theorist. So, all right. I'm wow. I'm wrong about everything. Where's my fourth amendment? Let's just all get together and defend the fourth amendment. And I think that at the local level, that's very important. So like if you want to grow chickens and you need to be able to, you know, make sure that your local laws allow it or that nobody's going to come to your land and come and kill them all and make sure that you can have the guns that you can stand on the four corners of your property and you don't have a Portland situation. So I would say to the extent you're going to get off the couch, then maybe make sure that when they have town hall meetings, city hall meetings, you're there to demand that they explain what they're doing. I mean, it sounds simple, but I'm not even doing that. And I Mm. think that that's probably the only hope is like locally assert your right to collect rainwater, to have a chicken, to have guns. And we interviewed G Edward Griffin last night and I haven't looked into his stuff, although that's a shame on me because he's been an activist his entire life and he does the red pill expo. And I think it's freedom force international. And he, he says they have cells. And then we're, we're doing a live stream on February 20th with um, Adam, who's also on Union of the Unwanted, who does Deborah. Oh, what a great pod. Yeah. Yeah. And he does Freedom Cells and um, like uh, Farmer's Market, Swap Meat, stuff like that. And I, we're going to talk to him about how to kind of kind of take control in your own local community where you can kind of go off the grid a little bit. And the most important thing about that, I think, is sharing best practices, finding mm. other who are there with you so don't look to a donald trump or a q or even me like because i can tell you what really happened in the boston marathon bombing like don't worry about it just make sure you know how to make food and that you can understand that no one has the right to stop you almost like you have to think of your rights as like you are married to your rights like no like if you're in a marriage like yeah well i was in a bad mood so i cheated on you it's like no it's like we're in a marriage like it's it's like there's no excuse. It's like that comes first in a way. Like there's no like, oh, I got fired, so I cheated on you. It's like, no, we're like you're committed to I don't know if this is a terrible metaphor, but it's like have that in the forefront of your mind. Like you're 
And like maybe no, no circumstance should should result in your rights being taken right. away. It's actually not a bad metaphor because if you look at it like what God has put together, let no man bring asunder. That doesn't mean that there isn't such thing as divorce. It's, you know, under that philosophy, it's a wrong thing, but it's a thing. So when Thomas Jefferson says that the our rights are inalienable, that they maybe they are in the moral sense, but that doesn't mean, I mean, he wouldn't have had to say it if there wasn't a threat to it. Hmm. So what you have to understand is that asserting that those rights are yours and you have to actually, at, at the very exactly. least, be aware that they are yours to assert and that there is no compromise. Because that's really what all the propaganda is about, is getting wow. people to think that compromise is necessary because the world is different from the, from the thing that's consistent with human beings having these rights. The world is not inconsistent with our rights. Yeah, I, never- I would say it's getting people not to think and getting them to feel loyal to mm-hmm. the emotional appeals from the person they identify with the most to subvert that thinking, which leads them to think about their rights. And uh, I think whenever you feel yourself super like over exuberant about a politician that you'd never met in your life and you have no idea what they're truly like. And we all fall for, I mean, we've all fallen for that. We've all fallen into that. I think you want to question that person as at probably twice as hard as you question the other side. Cause you already don't believe the propaganda that comes from those you don't like. You don't right. believe anything that they say. The people most likely to get the propaganda message to you are the ones that you have that emotional feeling towards because they, they relate to you so much. You got to question that hard. It, it's hard. That's how. That's why. It's, that's why it's challenging. Is because they pull those emotional strings, which always trumps our our thinking brain. But uh, got to use that cognitive energy. So Trump appealed to people's emotions, and that's how he got in. He was I, just a perfect package. Yeah. Yeah, that's how he mobilized people. Definitely. I mean, because they asked people what they like about funny. Trump, and and they it's a regular were, guy, even though he, he wasn't. Yeah. He says stuff. I think Binkley pointed that out, and he's mean to people. I hate. Right. Yeah. And yeah, AOC does either. the same That's thing. Yeah. AOC does the exact same. I tell people sometimes who like love AOC or love Trump, they'll be like, I just love mm-hmm. AOC. And I'll say, yeah, she's very, she's brilliant. She's smart. She's the Trump of the left. And they just get so angry. <laughs> wow. about it. Like they both know how to piss off oh the God. other side and they both are great at playing the media. <laughs> that is so, yeah, she has her own line of ties and um... <laughs> yeah, probably a lot of feet yeah. picks. I'm sure. She has her own glasses. She's got her own fashion statement, which I hate that my glasses are the AOC glasses. I almost didn't buy them. And she's good yeah. looking. I mean, it works for her. She's yeah. Boobs. People that masturbate to her. Yeah. I'm it's sure. uh, yeah. very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the ones that hate her that are masturbating to her. Oh, yeah. A hate jerk is still a jerk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have to mobilize uh, constants of my penis i've had too much wine um <laughs> this has been a very good productive chat i feel like did we cover all the things we wanted to cover real hope versus what is a setup god i don't know i feel like i've lost hope on that well, stuff. The, only, the only thing that i did want to ask you is when you try to sort through what's real and what's not real or how like to believe in q or not believe in q like what how do you know? Like, is it just a gut instinct or what? Because you don't just follow the crowd, which means that you exercise some discernment. And where does that come from? Uh, um, well, to be a comedian is to kind of like you're like signing up for not fitting in. And it's like 
to truly pursue comedy is like having a disease. You're like, yeah, I would love to work at the bank, but I just like, I, I've been like blessed slash cursed with this funny bone and like heightened, uh, like observation skills and, uh, plus childhood coping mechanisms and dash of daddy issues. And like, you know, bam, you got a comedian, but, uh, I think it's just like to be a comedian, you're already not subscribing to the norm or what's a normal path. And uh, so it's that's why I feel a kinship with porn stars because it's like we're a little bit like the weirdos of society. There's like a little bit of a black mark on us. There's It's a thing that people keep us keep from taking us seriously. Um, but I would occasionally like, you know, read the Q drops and um, I just, you know, I wasn't reading all of them. It wasn't the end all be all. all wrong. Or they yeah, and, and I was listening to like one of your shows where you were like there. It was so interesting the points you were making because Q is like what they're like it's it's one or more military insiders, and now it's like now there's this kind of military takeover as well. And I was God, I was watching. It was like this. It was this one like Vice article, and they were like decoding the symbols at, at January sixth. <laughs> yeah, all the different yeah. groups of uh, extremists, and it was like. Um, oath keepers, and I'm like, aren't those good people that just are there and these fights break out? Like, I've met those dudes. They're good dudes. They're just like cops, firefighters, whatever. It's just like people that are like gonna keep a baby from cracking its skull open. It's people that are gonna like catch a fainting woman. It's like, come on. And then they were like, oh, extremists. There were Christian symbols. I'm like, what? We're labeling yeah. Christians as extremists? They what? are. They are what now. What the yeah. fuck is that? I was I like... Mean, there's a billion of them, so like by... Perforce, I don't think you can call that extreme. I was like, you know what's extreme? My grandma slipping a New Testament into my pocket every time I went to her house. That's extreme. Not these guys with also, their a pickpocket. That's that's uh, their <laughs> yeah. skilled grandmother. Yeah, I was like, I'm never going to read it. No, but now I kind of do want to read it. So. Yeah, most comedians are that, that I know anyway are they ask questions because that's that's what you do. You, you ask questions and you look at things. Um, Except the ones on late night television who all say the exact same thing and the exact Please. same jokes. Any late night set you hear on like a Kimmel, a Fallon, a Colbert, I know has, you been hate calmed, Colbert. has been calmed. Chrissy hates Colbert too. I hate Colbert. Yeah, it's terrible. Like the shill of shills. Like, he's CNN. He's no different than CNN. He's so arrogant. I didn't even like him when he was like his comedic personality on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. <laughs> yeah. A guy, everyone loves John. Everyone loved John Stewart. And like, if it weren't for him, no one would know who Stephen Colbert is. But he's just so, at best, he's unlikable. But at, right. at worse, he's like it's a disgusting shill. You know? Yeah. Totally. All kind of saying, who likes that? And you know what it is? It's like he appeals to this part of the left that's like uh either they themselves are smarty pants know-it-all you know like and that's what cnn is too it's like it's like the fake it till you make it group it's like we act like we're better than everyone we say we're more cultured than the right um and it's just like it's almost like this it's like a popularity contest to see who can who's like who's better who's more cultured who's more woke and it's like none of that is real it's like it's all bullshit it's like they're not actually they're pretending to be better and the people that are attracted to that are also pretending to be better than everybody yeah, else. And i don't know how how he like does that show and feels good about himself i, I would just feel disgusting it's also i mean you can predict w- what the punchline is going to be when he starts into it although half the time he doesn't even do punchlines he just does 10 minutes of somber talking about why we need to be worried about trump or how because he cried 
Humor yeah, he's, he's, with this, these people. He said he wept when Biden won. <laughs> he, he, he sat down and wept. This is like a five-minute segment with no jokes. It was about him and his wife crying because Biden. It's, not, <sighs> it's still a late-night show. It's, it's so um, – he should be embarrassed. He should like – he should really – like. and that's the thing. When you're like – famous and you're rich and you're and you're like doing okay you're not like eating ramen every night it's like you can afford to be irrelevant and out of touch and like away from the people and you're doing good that's why people are that's why the bubbles popped on celebrity right now people are like nah i'm not those are those people are over there i'm down here with the regular people and uh he's just so gross and um and so any late night set you see, whether it's Colbert or Fallon, anybody has been s- passed through many rounds, yeah. gone through many hands that many pieces have been taken out. It's like, it's with a fine tooth comb. And it's like, by the time you actually see that set, it's like a fraction of, of who that comic really is. And like, I know a comic personally that he was like, yeah, they were just delaying oh, me and delaying really? me, putting me on the runaround waiting and waiting for my date that i just was like fuck it and like he just didn't do it yeah it's these sets that you see on late night tv are like it's not it's like not anybody's pure comedic genius it's like they they're like okay give me a five minute set and then they just edit the shit out of it it's wow. you know it's really like fucked with a lot and uh it's to really get funny because the way they they talk about like Ed Sullivan and stuff, they're like, oh, they didn't want the doors to say hi, but they did it anyway and whatever. And they act like, oh, there was all this censorship back then, but it was live for, and it wasn't censored. There's nothing you could do about it. I mean, it was yeah. definitely in, intentional propaganda to change the culture, but yeah, I did this, this show. Before. I wrote jokes. I did this show punchline on Fox a few years back and we had to run our jokes through all through these, uh, through this one lawyer. And uh, you know, it's made to look like it's spontaneous, they're spontaneous answers, but like you write your jokes all day long. And I was so excited. I got to fly out. I paid for it myself, but you fly out to LA. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I'm in the red, but I'm on TV. <laughs> and uh, so you write all these jokes all day long and you get called to set at three and you go through all your jokes with like the lawyer and i remember for, for some reason i couldn't say the word viagra and i had to say blue pill and oh. it was so weird the stuff that like Marshall. and i found fox was kind of cooler the process for that was a little more lax than say like the late night comedy process that i've heard from other comics but still it's like everything on everything on these mainstream media networks is like filtered sanitized, sanitized for sure you gotta yeah. wear three masks to tell that joke. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where it's coming to. Now, The Daily Show is Trevor Noah is a good comedian, but he's pure propaganda. And they even have the 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 co anchors all like serve a demographic. They all come out in one way or another. And I know one of them. And notice how he started to grow a little fro as soon as he yeah was yeah totally. Home. I'm like, this is new. <laughs> right. They just bring him out to to say. Everybody's racist. Everything's bigoted. That, so that's like the the punchline. That's the takeaway from every punchline that all of their anchors do, and, and it just gets yeah, so it's redundant. So funny, haha! Like trying like when they were making the Trump jokes in the beginning, that hilarious like oh, montage yeah. of or the bit where the guy's entire show, his entire routine is just saying mean things about Trump. Like, it boy, is, is that guy orange or what? What was it? Yeah, it, well, I mean, there's a bunch of them. It's yeah. he's orange I mean, man it's bad. Just, it was so stupid. It sucks wasn't funny at all. Off. Everybody said yeah. the same thing, and it was big laughs. He is orange. Yeah, you can see where he wears his sunglasses. Oh, it's so funny. You know, it's like yeah. Oh. There was a while I was tracking those because I wanted to see 
I, I was like, I, I feel like these guys are telling the same jokes. And I, so I watched all three of them just to see if the jokes, there was any difference mm-hmm. in the jokes. And sometimes like, there's literally like no, like one or two words different and that's it. It's like, it's like, are you guys all, if you guys are all getting the same script, why do you have all these writers on staff? You know? Yeah, seriously. Oh my God. Yeah, it's gross. So that's why I was like, oh, okay. It was nice because then I would stop obsessing about getting a late night comedy spot. I didn't use that as my marker of success. I didn't use that as like, oh, cool. Fuck the gatekeepers. I'm going to just work on me, what I find funny. And if people want to like hop in the car, great. And that's kind of where I'm at now. It's like, yeah, doing podcasts, doing your shows, you know, being more of like a road person. You know, I'm not like a glitzy comedy central person. I'm not like an industry darling, but like, fuck it. That's all so fake anyway. It's like, you know, they, like they, care about, they care about visual diversity, but not diversity of thought. It's like, oh, it's like. Yeah, totally. A- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you, if you look like you could be on like a United Colors of Benetton, it's like that. But it's like they're all saying the same. You can shit. do it, but then it's not funny at all. I remember I my first producer when I was at a like terrestrial radio, she was like, you could be like a TV anchor or whatever. You could be on Fox. I'm like, I definitely could not. I could not. There is You'd no be on way Fox I could. one time and then they never no, listen Yeah, to I mean they don't want me to say I say Fox is fake. Like they what makes me interesting is not what they want. And <laughs> for me to be on that show, I would have to be what they want, which isn't me. Yeah. Like it just yes. it's impossible. You it's have funny. to come to terms with that. It's like the same thing when people are like, Oh, you're so funny, you should be on SNL. I'm like, it's like if no, SNL like, were dumb enough to hire me, which like clearly it would be a female right. Shane Gillis situation where they would find yeah. some sort of podcast and be like, oh no. But like they don't want someone like me because I, and I imagine like I look at someone like Kate McGinnon and she's so talented. I'm like, the truly talented on that show must feel so stifled by the narrative. Well, and like- they, they're written for, and that's all great. But if they can't trust your real views and what you're going to do later, you maybe go Dennis Miller or something, they don't want to give you a position of influence because then they have to anthony bourdain you it's not gonna work you gotta get it out of your head or kate, shane miller. Or kate spade they, you yeah yeah they gave they, they they got shane miller out the white guy that they've kind of framed as a racist and then they, they put in a gay chinese guy they just go polar opposite to put in a, a gay chinese progressive guy i thought that was i, I feel like they oh, he hates me by the way to, he hates me by the way after the woke asians came after me he tweeted oh, really i keep forgetting his name it's byron or something he's like an asian he's like um, a gay asian guy who who's very groundbreaking on his position in snl by playing gay asian character every <laughs> single <laughs> character he's a gay asian every he tweeted, single he tweeted like nobody in new york city comedy respects chrissy mayer and i had it as my twitter background for like months <laughs> And I wow. can't re- now I can't remember his name. Like I don't know why. I think I have like a mental. There you block. go. Yeah, you got the last laugh. And now I think <laughs> you he can't even remember his name. Uh, and then he was like, I think banned. He might be banned on Twitter. Who knows? But it's like, eh. what a stupid thing to say. Anyway, it's not it's even so clever. silly. It's like we're not even in the same. She doesn't count. It's like world. what? She doesn't count. Great comeback. <laughs> yeah. Well, nobody respects her. Who the least respectable people in comedy don't yeah. respect me? I'm good. Yeah. Now you can't, you simply, that's not the world for a free thinker. It's just not, you can't, there's no reconciling it. You like Norm MacDonald? Yes. Yeah, I do. I appreciate his candor. Yeah. He's an OG. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's back when I used to like SNL is when he was hosting. Something um, changed. Yeah. Everyone loved it. Like there was like the sweet spot, I think. 
during like the seventies or the eighties. And then, um, I don't know, I guess after nine 11, it got bad. Like other things. Sorry, well, I want to leave this on a high note. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> right, you raised some nine eleven. What the heck? We were, we left that behind. We we're making fun <laughs> of of shill comedians. Right, right. And we're collecting rainwater, and we're um. Yes. I'm yeah. collecting ceiling water right now into a bucket oh from yeah. God oh. knows where upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, part of coming to terms with not ever gonna make it really big in the mainstream. Yeah. yeah. But that's how family. you know you can trust us because we're not owned, <laughs> we're not bought. Um, you know, I'm never gonna be wearing a Fauci gang sweatshirt um, unless it has a zipper, unless it's like bedazzled. No, probably not. Probably not. What, what, did, was it did, one of our uh, our listeners, Islam Kant? He dressed up as as Fauci for Halloween and was going around telling people they had COVID. I think. That's <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Me and my boyfriend will sometimes play uh, this game among us, which is like an app on your phone. It's like these little space creatures. And it's like a very simple, it's a really like fun little like video game. You can play it on your laptop too. And like one time, like I went in, like my name was Trump and his name was Fauci and he was in there like, and you can actually wear a little eye mask. And he was saying in the chat for the game, like everybody better wear a mask. <laughs> Are other people playing it? Yes, yeah. Like and the, game. Oh, that's yeah. I can't believe they let you be like Trump or something. I guess. Yeah, you, you, I mean, you can't say like curse words right. or, you know. Um, but yeah. I'm surprised at this point. Yeah, Trump isn't a four, considered a four-letter word. I guess it's yeah. a five-letter I mean, he's going to be the Hitler icon. He's got uh, 21st century Hitler imagery, and they're going to have wow. those symbols and stuff, I think. This is very sad, guys. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> it's um, going to be fine. We have this fun thing, the Union of the Unwanted, which is where I met you first. Yes. We have a lot of people who are banding together to bring different points. I mean, it's like this Rockfin stuff is MMA and free thinking. Like there's there's going to be a yeah. lot of inter overlap. A lot of it's going to be in meat space. So get off your ass and, you know, get out there and swap chickens for avocados, whatever. But uh, but yeah, there is a there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of energy. And I know you are friends with Sam. And so are we, and he is bringing a lot of that, like, we need to have alternatives, we need to take control, mm -hmm. and I also think that his angle, a lot of people have this angle, and I've often thought it was absolutely true, that you have to have, if you let them frame it, then they're going to own the outcome, like the libertarian thing to the agorism thing, but also spiritually, if you let them make you think that your, you know, physical health is so it's so tenuous. It's so desperate. It's all you've got. They've got you. But if you realize that you've either got 80 years or there's something totally different going on, 80 years is like a flash of an eye. You have to think longer term. Wow. Fifth dimension. Yeah. I Sam Tripoli is so great for that. Like talking, meeting people like him and John Paul Rice have really like and you don't even have to subscribe, be super religious to like listen to these guys and be so inspired that like really like life is so beyond what what you think happens here on this planet, uh, and that like gives me comfort. You know, um, I think things like meditating, whatever you can do to feel good, and it's like people always say like, uh, and I just said this on another podcast. People think when they get their goals or when things happen, then they'll feel good, but it's the opposite. You got to feel good first. And then you're in flow and then you're like in line and then the good things happen and things click into place. So just like 
it's so silly and simple, but whether it's like taking a bath or dancing or listening to certain music, whatever you have to like do as much as you can to feel good as often as you can. And you'll just be a better person for yourself and everyone around you. And then that's when these answers to these tough questions will come. There was a Jordan Peterson chapter. Somebody, another podcaster wants us to read the Jordan Peterson 12 rules for living and talk about them. I love that. I love that book. Yeah. Yes. I I saw his tour live when he did. He's awesome. One of the chapters is called take care of yourself. Like as if you are a person, you're responsible for helping. Protect your future. Make good decisions for your future self. Uh, I do that. I say that all the time. I'm doing this for future Chrissy. Yeah. 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 And clean your room. He says clean your room, which is like the best advice. It really That's is. Bad. I figured that one out on my own. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I didn't. But, I, <laughs> but yeah. No, he was great. His, uh, then he was out for a couple of years. He's coming back uh, lately. And Matthew McConaughey did it. Matthew McConaughey is coming out as a Republican, I think. I think this is coming Ooh. out. For yeah. I was wondering what was happening with him. I was like, something's brewing. He's going mm-hmm. on Michaela Peterson's podcast. He's, uh, I'm sure he's getting yeah. tailored. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, right. guys, this was great. Where can people find you, follow you, support you, etc.? We have a podcast called The Propaganda Report, and we do interviews like this, one-offs. We do deep dives on Rockfin, and we. But our main thing is that we, on this podcast feed, Propaganda Report, we do a daily show, the Drive Time News Blast, that is news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. So you, it's a, meant to be an alternative to the mainstream media, so you can find out what's going on without having to listen to all the propaganda. We peel that back. And we have extra stuff. So every single day, that's 30 minutes free. And then we have another 15 minutes called the Patron 15. You can get on patreon.com slash propaganda report. And we also have lots of fun stuff on our Patreon. So you can get different tiers, come to a cocktail party. Ooh, Chrissy, you should be a guest on one of our cocktail parties. Ooh, yes, I drink. Super fun. Yeah, and you can bring your patrons or whatever you want. And then like this weekend, we're having just a very exclusive Zoom party for the kind of highest tier so we do a lot of fun Ooh. stuff just to keep you know we don't get serious we have our cocktails and that's fun but that's every great. single day on your way home drive time news blast at the propaganda report and binkley does a lot of really deep dive stuff on rockfin you should probably tell them about that oh yes binkley uh at rockfin we deconstruct these panel discussions from like the CFR and the cyber war college and Brookings Institute and world economic forum where they, these videos will have like 80 views, 75 Mm -hmm. dislikes. not, not ours. The, the council on foreign relations with the Brookings be like 75 dislikes, five likes, and then like five comments saying effing globalists and then like no views. So nobody sees what these people are talking about when they openly admit and they they plan. They give instructions. Plans, yeah. For for these kind of disruptive they measures. They do. They, yeah. For how to propagandize, yeah. it's the craziest thing. So he plays. You see it happen in me. real time in the weeks after you see it in these global panel discussions. It's really uncanny. That's really my favorite product, but it's so much work that we don't put as many of those out. But it's really fantastic. Wow. So anyway, and how about you? Because we're gonna put this on our feed too. So yes, that's so great. You, how we can that's- find you. I have a little, now I have one for me. Oh, wait, that was mine. Damn it. Let's make one. God damn it. I deleted my own thing. Okay. Um, (laughs) Hello. I am Chrissy Mayer. Uh, 
please subscribe to the Chrissy Mayer podcast on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And I also do a show called The Wet Spot. It's on Compound Media Mondays at 7.30 p.m. God, my banner went away. (laughs) Mondays at 7.30 p.m., compoundmedia.com. So, yeah, Chrissy Mayer podcast, which is everywhere, four days a week, Um, sometimes live streams, sometimes I'll live stream from, like, you know, rallies and such and then uh yes wet spot on compound media come see me do stand up the dates are scrolling at the bottom um on the 6th i'll be at costco connecticut i'm gonna be at hyenas in dallas february 19th and 20th communities of the compound royers for pa on 226 and 228 i'm headlining the stress factory in new brunswick new jersey i got a lot of dates Coming up, I'm going to be doing a tour with Tim Young, who is a, you might know him, he's a comedian, he's a political personality as well. We're going to be touring all over this great country uh, this spring. So check out my website or his for dates coming up soon. Well, you like have to let it, me know that if you're in L.A. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I and just, Tim, I'll, we'll meet up. We'll circle up. Okay. Yes, for sure. I will. Um, this was so great, guys. Thank you so much for coming yeah, on. Thank you. Super thank fun. You. Really enjoyed it. Oh my god, the time just flew by. I know, and I, I know. I can't believe you do this because our show is only half an hour, 45 minutes. I can't believe you do this kind of a thing four days a week. You're crazy. You know, it's it's uh <laughs> I am doing this instead of uh getting oh, in trouble. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, All right, guys. This right is great. Thank you. Love you guys. See you on the next. And also Union of the Unwanted twice a month. Um, Yeah, that's live streamed Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern uh, every other Monday. Yes. That's an awesome pod too. Going into deep shit. All right. Love you guys. Bye. See y'all later.